Hello, welcome to Vitech Talks, the podcast. I'm Steve Brandt of Vitech, and this is where we discuss the trends and pressing issues, and certainly the important events shaping the group benefits and retirement industries. With the experts, leaders, and yes, even characters that make our industry what it is. This is a fast, fun way to gain insights and opinions on the topics we all care about. And I'm sure it'll be the best 15 minutes you can spend to keep yourself informed. And I promise, entertained. Well, hello there, and welcome back to another installation of Vitech Talks, the podcast. This is part two of the conversation we started the last time in part one with Terry Beekner of Amazon Web Services. And we were talking about the impact of the cloud paradigm uh, on our industry. And we left off part one with Terry answering a very important question about how pervasive cloud adoption is in the insurance industry and how that compares to other industries. A very important topic to kind of understand where we're at. And it turns out we're not doing too bad on this one. Typically, we're laggards when it comes to technology, but with cloud adoption, we're not that far behind. So let's listen more uh, to Terry talk about cloud adoption and its key drivers and what's next for cloud computing companies. You know, I mean, insurance companies and technology have always been laggards, right? I mean, we've, we've got a, a reputation for it. And the deeper you go into insurance, I mean, healthcare is kind of, you know, pacing property casualty, which is pacing life, which is pacing group. <laughs> right, exactly, yes. Um, but it's good to hear that, uh, you know, we're not doing too bad here with the cloud. We, we may be, uh, you know, changing our reputation slightly. <laughs> a little bit, yes, yeah. <laughs> I also think that, you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on there in the insure tech world too. Right. Uh, certainly a lot of innovation going on there. InsureTechs, depending on whether they're a full stack insurance company or they're focused on a specific area, um, a specific area of innovation. It's a lot of interesting new things going on there, both driving competitive pressure to legacy insurance right. companies and benefits companies, as well as providing some innovative services that they can integrate. But if they don't have a modern core, it's difficult for them to integrate or compete with those uh, those insurtechs that are out there. So I think yeah. the insurtech world is driving a lot of innovation too. Yeah, we see that you know quite a bit, right? I mean, the insurance companies trying to take advantage of the insurtech movement trying to do some really neat, innovative things um, uh, with certainly with, uh, you know, their, their um, customer, customer facing, you know, you know, operations, whether it be sales or customer service. Right. And then, yeah, running, absolutely. And, and then certainly data and analytics and then running into the issue with, uh, uh, with the core. So they've got these cloud-based, you know, modern technology uh, solutions, you know, out around the perimeter that uh, you know are advertised to do great things, but they can't they can't get an API integration into their legacy platform to drive the data right. that they need. And data, that's something you mentioned earlier. I think that you know for insurance companies, there's so much data that they have available locked away in silos, generally speaking, if they haven't made the move to a modern data state. And really unlocking that proprietary data is a huge benefit potential benefit for many insurance companies and one of the reasons why they're moving to the cloud and building out that modern data state that they can run analytics against in a, in a cost-effective way, be able to scale up and scale down those analytics too. I mean, typically for running you know, high-performance computing HPC workloads for actuarial 
um, uh, modeling, et cetera, around that, you would have to, if you had that on-premises, you would have to own that capacity at peak. And that, and in this way, you, we, you know, we see insurance companies being able to rent that capacity and be able to expand and, and contract it as, as needed. And there's also a lot of new data coming, uh, becoming available too. So petabytes of data that you have on-premise that insurance companies have on-premises today. There's even more data streaming in through a variety of sources, video data, streaming data, uh, unstructured data, a lot of it, and some structured data as well from variety of sources. And if you don't have that modern core and a modern uh, data state, then you won't be able to take advantage of that and really be able to create those new products and engage with customers how they want and understand who those customers are and what their sentiment is, why they're calling, why they're why they're reaching out or what potential products they might want. Um, and without, you know, there's so much potential there, but if it's not a modern system, if it's not a modern data state for the carrier, it's very difficult for them to take advantage of it. Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. Which ones, which which one of these forces do you think are, are the main drivers, right, to the adoption uh, out there that we see? And what kind of workloads do you see uh, insurers really moving uh, to the cloud as we go forward? Well, I think uh, we've hit, yeah, no, no, great question. And I think we hit on some of those certainly in right. terms of the the factors but we one we did not touch on yet which is an important one and often area of concern is around a regular regulatory pressure i think that from a regulatory perspective the cloud is a place to be and i've seen an increasing level of regulatory uh pressure around this in the sense that they are rec they regulators are recognizing the power of the cloud and the, the improved resilience and transparency available with the cloud too and with with regulate those regulations as onerous as they may be or, or perceived to be, it's a requirement. And and there's no up, there's no there's a huge downside, whether reputational or being fined or some combination thereof, to doing it poorly. So there are things that have to be done. And if you don't have a modern data state, if you don't have a modern core system, if you're not leveraging the cloud, then often it's a very manual process, uh, time-consuming manual process fraught with errors often. Um, as well. So be able to move toward a, a, a realm of transparency and, and continuous compliance is a huge driver there too, and huge potential for carriers to move away from what at AWS we like to call under, undifferentiated heavy lifting. It's not helping them be competitive, right. but it is something that they need to do. Um, so yeah, and then I think that a, a, a huge part as well is around the customer experience. And and also to your, your question around this, a starting point, that is one of the most common ones. And, right. you know, customers, again, whether that is an individual um, or a large company or a small company, the demand that's driven from outside of insurance and outside of financial services as well, uh, in terms of how they interact with retail and how they interact with entertainment and instantaneous um, availability anywhere, anywhere, anywhere in any channel on demand all the time, that kind of customer experience is what is driving a lot of a cloud adoption as well. And we see a lot of experimentation and, and, and carriers getting started there, really thinking through their customer experience, understanding who their customer is, what, what what's their likelihood or reasons for buying or interacting um, with, the, with the institution as well. So that is often a starting place too. And then that drives a lot of other pieces because understanding the customer experience and where there are problems there often gets uh, an insurance company to recognize, well, I can't really right. integrate machine learning or uh, artificial intelligence here, in here because I don't have that modern data state. Everything's locked up in silos. So I need to create a cloud-based uh, modern data environment so then I can run analytics against that. 
I've been recognizing sometimes as well that that then the front end experience isn't great. So we need to build out um, a better front end experience. So it often expands from there. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We see that uh, all the time. Um, so where do you see all this going, Terry? I, I guess let me ask the question this way. Where do you see cloud, the cloud paradigm is on, you know, you, you, you laid out that kind of scale of where you saw companies were, right? Uh, early stage, adoption, migration. Where do you see the industry, the cloud movement? Where do you see that on that uh, evolutionary journey? And where do you see us going? Where is it going to go over the next five to 10 years, say? Um, so, no, that's a great question. And I think that I, I, I tend to look at it in a couple of ways. One isn't just for insurance companies, it could be any um, any company. And it's the idea of moving to what we call at AWS, a modern digital business. Right. And it, it is it is based on our own experience at Amazon and AWS and, and starting with, and there, there are kind of five factors to it um, associated with them. One is being customer obsessed. So starting with the customer, again, whatever type of customer that is, individual or, or company, large or small, but really focusing the company and building the organization, the structure around it, organizing around that that principle. So organizing for the, the company uh, around the value of being customer obsessed. Building in a test and learn culture is very important there. Very hard to be experimental if you have legacy systems uh, in place. The cloud allows for uh, the ability to to scale up and scale down on demand, be able to bring in new services, allows to to create that test and learn culture. Extremely important piece of the puzzle there too. Having a modern core, and you don't need to be at InsureTech uh, yourself. Um, you can take advantage of those, but having a modern core that can take advantage of all the available services and capabilities. Um, uh, so Velocity, a great example of that, right? And then that strategic use of data. So getting to a place where you can leverage the data that you have already, as well as all the data that is available out there. So that's kind of the general view of where we try to get uh, our customers to th to move toward becoming that modern digital business. And then specific in insurance, I like to think about it across three uh, areas, really three buckets, if you will. And one is um, driving friction out of the experience, uh, whatever that experience is, can be the claims experience, can be the uh, acquiring a new business experience, uh, can any piece of the experience for all the stakeholders within an organization and driving friction out around that. Growing profitably is obviously very important and, and hard to do in insurance. It's e fairly easy to grow in insurance if you just lower your prices, um, but doing so, pro you know, growing profitably is, is tough. Right. And, yeah, that's kind of, sounds kind of trite. You know, it's very straightforward, but in insurance, it's particularly difficult to do that. I think, um, given a variety of macro and microeconomic factors going on today, uh, certainly adding to that. But then, very importantly, is moving toward um, making the products, whatever those products are, accessible to more customers, and moving away from talk about lowering lowering costs. I think in insurance particularly in mature markets and in North America specifically, we tend toward, toward the commoditization of insurance products, uh, the cost, the price. You know, we, we compete on price quite a bit. Many do. And there are you know, other aspects of it too, but generally customers have been trained to look for the lowest uh, price of product, whatever that happens to be. And because insurance products tend to be complex, they're difficult to compare as well. So it makes a very, it makes an inefficient market around that. So, how do we help insurance companies move back toward a, the concept of financial wellness of protection 
um, at a low price point, of course. I understand that's a, a key piece of the, the equation as well. But really moving back toward the, the heart of what insurance should be, which is supporting individuals and, and groups and, and companies to, to grow and be protected and, and be able to take risks because they have that protection behind them. Right, right, right. That makes absolute sense. Um, so that's a great industry or insurance industry view of where do you see it going and how they can continue to leverage the cloud. What about the cloud itself, like the Amazons of the world? You guys have built these incredible, this incredible infrastructure apparatus to, to, to do all this for, for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. where, does, where does that go? I mean, what do you see? I mean, you're going to have to continue to evolve and get better. There's more and more demand, more and more need. You know, the more volume you have, seemingly the, 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 the more efficient you'll get as well. And, you know, what happens? Where is it going in the next five to ten years? I feel like everything's going to be in the cloud at some point, right? I mean, I guess that's the kind of question I'm asking. Well, I, I certainly think that from the, cons the consumption perspective, from the carriers themselves and financial services institutions, more and more workloads uh, moving to the cloud. Absolutely right. Recognizing the all the factors that we talked about already. Uh, the efficiency, the ability to be more agile, uh, to be to to save to save costs—all those things are going to drive continue continued adoption of that. At the same time, from the uh, you will see more and more because of the ability to do that and modern systems in place too. That insurtechs and others will be able to create new products, create new routes to market, uh, create new specializations as well. Perhaps moving back to some of the the you know, themes that I mentioned just previously too. Right. But we'll see a lot more competition coming in there too. So that's, you know, that which I think is obviously a good thing. Good thing for us as well. There's certainly a lot of competition in, in the cloud services space too. Um, and we'll see a lot of more competition in financial services as the cloud allows for, kind of brings down those barriers to entry um, that, that it currently exists today. I think from an ADVIS specific perspective, we just had our reInvent uh, show. A lot of new services were announced there, some fairly specific to financial services, and we'll see continued growth there. I'd mentioned that we get almost everything we build is from direct customer feedback. So as that adoption grows, then we see that continuing to kind of those two things pushing each other too. As the cloud adoption grows, consumers, companies understand the potential for, for the cloud and what they can get out of it and will demand more and more from them all the time. One of the things we say about our, our, our customers is that they're unhappy every day in the sense that they're always asking for new things. They're always asking for more. They're always asking for it less expensively, which is great, which drives us to be more innovative too. So I do see us, you know, we continuously investing in, uh, in the cloud across the board for financial services as well, specifically. Um, but certainly a lot, a lot of growth in there as well. And we'll, we'll continue to grow in, in some of the key components of it. So the table stakes parts are in terms of reliability, resilience, that flywheel effect I talked about, really continuously reinvesting in our own uh, infrastructure to support our customers. Yeah. And what, what happens there? I mean, I mean just, just, just continue to build ever and bigger uh, you know, data centers uh, across the globe. I mean, I've seen, you know, Exposes about uh, putting some of these things, you know, at the bottom of the ocean. I think some of that's happening. <laughs> I, how do you, well, I mean, there's so much demand coming. I mean, you guys see it, right? How do you? Well, I think that's that a big part of really this understanding and being more, more efficient from a from an energy perspective, energy consumption, and all the other components too. You know, we are we are focused on becoming a carbon neutral 
right. company overall too, um, which is a, you know, a big goal that we set for ourselves, but a hugely important one too, because to your point, the you know that growing those data centers does have an impact, does have an energy requirement. All those go, all those pieces, cooling alone. So, whether or not they'll be at the bottom of the ocean, I don't know. But certainly, that is a a big focus of our own investment around that to do so more efficiently, to do so in a in a carbon neutral way too. Got it. Um, because we recognize that that's an that's a key key piece of the puzzle for for the planet overall. Absolutely, and you must have. I'm sure the folks at Amazon is uh, have have been paying close attention to the news this week that broke that we're going to have a, a clean energy source coming from uh, the what, what fusion, the, nuclear the fusion. Yeah, I did, I did right? about that. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, all our worries are going to go away because we're this unlimited clean energy source that's going to just solve all our problems. It's amazing. And, I, you know, and, and, you know, I don't think any of us should be surprised because we've been searching for it for so long that, hey, and if it comes to fruition, that would be that would be wonderful. So that bring it great. on, I say, yeah. Jerry. Bring it on. I did, I did read. I think it was that that the current one where they did finally get it to good work, but the Department of Energy, it was three football field size uh, laser that was required oh, yeah. for it. So maybe need to be a little bit more uh, cost or uh, space efficient than that. But I think well, it's a great step. Absolutely, no, you're I right. Love, there, was, there was a there was one. Uh, we we're gonna wrap up after this. There was one comment I heard from someone on the news. They said, "Now they're saying it's." It's not going to be centuries. It's going to be decades. <laughs> <laughs> but bring it on, I say. And Terry, hey, yeah, listen, this, is, this has been uh, great. You've been a great guest. We we certainly taxed you um, and, uh, quite a bit. So I appreciate you being a good sport and fielding all those questions and, and giving My some really profound and complete answers. Um, so uh, really enjoyed it. Hope we can have you uh, back on again at some point in the future. Anytime, anytime. Loved it. All right. And that will do it for Vitech Talks, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this segment as we broke down the cloud paradigm. Thank you all. Thank you.